our pastor. He's not normal. He's not normal. He's not normal. <laughs> and last Tuesday, he marked two years as our pastor here at Lighthouse. So. Get up here. Well, I thank everybody for that. That's not, not worthy of that, but thank you. That's the end of the speech, man. That's all I got. Hey, it's perfect. We're, we're proud to have you here. We love you. And uh, we just love what's happening at this church. And, yeah, and, look at that. There's a full church here today. How about yeah. that, huh? Praise God. So, and uh, I just poured your present all over the floor. It's not liquid. Um, we want you and Eva to... Uh, Go have dinner on us, okay? I can definitely go have dinner. All right. I'll even take my wife. I'll tell her I got it for Mother's Day for us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. Well, that just put a wrench in things. It slowed me down a little bit. I had all this cool stuff planned for this morning. This was a surprise. Thank you all for being here and uh, being a part of this with us. Uh, yeah, I've been here two years, but so... Many of you have been here for a lot longer than that, and because of your faithfulness, the church never died, you know, and uh, I think that's way more important than me being here two years. I'm just blessed to have this opportunity. Uh, if you are brand new here, uh, my name is Daniel Baker. I'm one of the pastors here at Lighthouse. As you just heard, yes, two years. Um, it's a, been a really incredible journey. Uh, since we've been here, um, people are knowing Lighthouse in our community. Uh, the name is becoming a household name again. Jesus is becoming famous in Clatsop County, and that's really the goal. Not my name to be famous, Lighthouse. And Jesus is what this is all about. So um, we're going to keep doing that, huh? So anyway, if you are new here or you're not new here, we have these things that we handed you this morning uh, called a connection card. Uh, if you are new, just put as much information as you feel comfortable doing. Um, you don't have an excuse of why you can't do one, especially if you've been going here a while because we gave you this pen. And they work. So please use it. Um, if you have been here a while and you're not filling out these connection cards and you invited someone to come and you're not filling it out, why would you think they would? Pretty hard press there, but just fill it out. Let us know you're here. Because on the back is the cool stuff where we actually get to do the whole praying thing. And we want to know what we can pray for. We want to know what you guys got going on in your lives that we can uh, do together. And then at the end of the service, we'll collect those and we'll just throw them in the offering bag at the end. Uh, happy Mother's Day. Obviously, that is far more important than me being here than for two years. So to all you mothers in here, happy Mother's Day. At the end of the service, we have uh, a small gift uh, because of Vaughn uh, just being amazing with dirt and seeds and things like that. She has blessed the church, the mothers, with some flowers that you can take home and actually plant. Um, they are not going to die unless you don't water them. So uh, if you're a mother, please on your way out, go to the welcome desk and get um, a gift from the church to you. Thank you, Vaughn, for doing that. Um, really means a lot to us. I just want to give you guys all a quick fun fact. None of you would be here if it wasn't for your mother. 
Okay, It's impossible to be here without one of those. So I hope that you make sure you call your mom today, uh, spoil her, make her dinner. Uh, I'm, I spent a lot of money, and I'm going to take mine out for dinner. <laughs> it was hard work to earn that over the last two years, okay? <laughs> anyway, uh, also just the only announcement I want to make today is, uh, well, maybe two, okay. Uh, June 2nd, we are moving uh, to do a Wednesday night service. This will be a more in-depth teaching. Uh, we're going to go, we'll start through the book of Romans, and we're going to go chapter for by chapter, verse by verse. Uh, we do have some handouts for you all to take home uh, each Wednesday that you show up. It's going to be a little different service. Uh, we may or may not have music. Uh, I don't want to put an extra evening on our worship team, but if there's someone out there that loves to play the guitar and just sing a song in the beginning and the end, I'll take it. And if no one does show up for that, that's okay. Uh, we'll pray and we'll jump right into the Word, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Right after that, I think it was June 6th is the first Sunday in June, and we are going to be outside. And we're going to have a stage built right here, just right outside the door, facing that way. So we'll have everyone park out there in the field and then park out here in the front. And it's BYOC, bring your own chair. Um, but we're going to do burgers and dogs just about every weekend to feed me. And uh, <laughs> if you guys want food too, there'll be plenty. But um, So if you guys come, we're, we're going to have a theme each weekend for fun. And it's going to be a lot of, yes, sir, the pig. Okay, so at the end of the summer, uh, we're going to do a luau day, wear your Hawaiian shirt, flip-flops, whatever. Hopefully it's sunny and nice, not rainy. Um, but we have a, someone donated a free pig to us. The problem is we don't have anywhere to keep one. I mean, I have property, but I don't want a wild pig running around Clasip County. Uh, so if you have property and you may keep a pig for us for a month, from what I understand, a month, right? One month, and then we'll butcher it, and it'll be great. So let us know. You can write it on your connection card. That'll be wonderful. Thank you. All right. It is Mother's Day. I don't want to keep you guys here too long, so let's pray, and then we'll just jump right into the message. All right? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this morning. Lord God, I thank you for this group of people that were willing to uh, brave the storm as they came into the church building uh, to sit here and listen to a message Lord, that uh, you have helped put together. Uh, Lord God, I thank you for everybody tuning in online. Lord, I am so thankful to the, the heart and the tender love from every mother that is in here today. Lord God, we thank you for them. Uh, I definitely want to say thank you to my wife for you giving her to me uh, to live with, to grow with. She's a wonderful mom, and I just thank you for that. Uh, Lord, and I just pray for those moms today. I pray for all the moms pray for this message, and we lift this day up to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we are starting a brand new series, as you can see. It's called Normal is Boring. Uh, you guys will catch on the more that we move through this, but my prayer for us today is each and every one of us in our hearts, as we go through this renewing of our hearts and renewing of our minds, that we will move closer and closer to Jesus. That's the point of coming to church. We get to worship Him and move closer to Him each week that we arrive. I want to draw closer, and I want this sermon to hopefully change how it is you look at the world, how it is you do life, 
what it is that you find important and maybe throw that in the garbage and make him more important than that. That's really the goal of this sermon series. So being weird, uh, it is a good thing. Now, I'm not talking about Portland weird, okay? And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not trying to call people names or anything like that. Being weird is a good thing if it's God weird, right? If you are following Christ and that makes you weird and stand out from the rest of the world, then that's a good thing. That's what we're called to do as we live in exile. We're not supposed to look like the world. We're supposed to be weird. And I'm good with that. And so I was thinking about as we're starting this message, who's weird? Well, I have a mom. I think moms are weird. Track with me. Not. If you are a young man and you had a mom take you to school and you had a smudge on your face, your mom would lick her thumb and wipe your cheek. Moms are weird. And they would do it in front of all your friends. You know, you're trying to like make a name for yourself in the third grade and she's sitting there smudging your face. With her... Hang on, honey, I'll, I'll get it. Come on, mom. Back to school night. It was always back to school night. Moms are weird. But how moms are actually more weird in a good way is moms are basically the opposite of what the world today tells you we all should be. Moms become very selfless. They give up their time for their children. They give up new clothes and shopping and all of these things so that their children are provided for. Many moms will stop their career and stop doing you, as our culture says, and they will give that up for their children to make sure that they grow in a good home and they take care of the home and they, they take care of their husbands while they're at it and they just mother the whole place and they make it better. But you have to be weird to do so, especially in a, in a culture that it is we live in today. In the United States, you're supposed to go out and party, have ladies' nights out. Don't worry about your kids. They'll take care of themselves. Go get you a good career. Be a career woman. It's all right to have six kids and be a career woman. You can pull that off. You're amazing. I know my wife, when I met her, she had three boys, teenagers, preteens and teenagers, at home as a single mom working five days a week, 12 hours a day. And those boys are good young men. It's amazing that she was able to pull this off. She had to, though. But what she also did when she wasn't working is she poured her whole life into those boys. My mom did the same thing for me, my brother, and my sister. She gave up everything just to make sure we were well taken care of. Now, some of us may not have that experience with our mother or your mother, uh, but maybe you as a mom made sure that was you. So that is weird in a world that we live in, and I think you guys, you ladies, make God weird look good. So thank you for that, especially today on Mother's Day. So, as I said, it's good to be weird. Normal is boring. I love the picture of that cat because I really am jealous right now. I didn't sleep well last night, and I really want to go home and do that. But normal is boring. So many times we have to be persuaded in our lives with passions that we see, desires of the flesh. 
Or as a young child, we want to fit in. You want to keep up with the Joneses. You guys, that's all being normal. In our society, that's what normal actually is. We don't want to be labeled as weird. No one wants to be labeled as a weirdo, okay? I'm a weirdo. I'm okay. I've been wearing it for a while. I'm fine with that. How I met Eva at the time was still kind of weird. I met my wife on ChristianMingle.com. That's kind of strange. There's more strangeness behind it as we sat down at an Elmer's restaurant for coffee and french fries at like 8.30 at night. It's super romantic, I'm not going to lie. She walked in, I'm like, I'm going to marry that woman. And when I saw her picture, I tried to get all my buddies to introduce me to her because we had mutual friends. And I didn't want to pay the money. You have to pay money to actually meet someone. And I saw her picture and I said, that's her. And no one would help me. And then I had to pay the money. (laughs) Paid the $22. Told you, it's kind of a weird story. I paid the $22. We started chatting. Ended the whole Christian Mingle thing online, so I didn't have to pay another $22 the next month. And uh, We met on uh, January 17th at an Elmer's, and we got married the following August 17th. So, uh, eight years later, here we are, and uh, it's been wonderful. She's super weird uh, in a God way, and I love her for that. But what happens now is our culture catches up and things like that really aren't so weird. There are a lot of people that date online now. It's actually the preferred way. Because everyone works 50, 60, 70 hours a week so they can pay for plywood and gasoline. (laughs) Right? It's hard. So dating is done online. It's not weird anymore and it's a way to just fit in. So I'm not talking about being weird in a bad way. I'm not saying that we should do things that aren't biblical and just to kind of just be a weird standout or anything like that. I'm saying we need to be good and weird in a God way. And I'm going to start this morning by talking to many of us to understand that many of you may understand the Scripture, Matthew 7, 13 and 14. Many of us use this Scripture on our children when we try to remind them the right way and the wrong way. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14 says this, Enter by the narrow gate. Which means it's hard. It's not easy. Don't do what everyone else is doing. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. I always think of, I was going to say Interstate 80 because I-5. Well, now if you go into Salem to Portland, it's three lanes on both sides. And it can get pretty jammed up, right? That reminds me of the narrow gate of everyone going somewhere to get to nowhere. But then you go out here on 101 and then it's bumper-to-bumper traffic, but there's still not as near as many cars as over there. But if you really want to go the narrow path, you get a Jeep, because they can go places, and you find an old dirt road. It's bumpy and only few can get there. It's important to understand that analogy that not many people take the dirt bumpy road that's hard on your body as you're bouncing all over the place and it's not smooth and it's going to take you longer to get there, but in the end, that was the right path. And it's weird sometimes to just go that route. And in our lives, we need to do 
the same thing. We need to find those dirt roads for God and we need to move towards them even though it's bumpy and washed out. It's difficult. You're going to get dirty. You might even break something and break down, but you fix it and you keep going. we got to keep moving forward. That narrow gate is very hard to get into as a non-Christian. It takes Jesus Christ to commit to Him, to say, I want to follow Him. In our culture today, as I've said many, many times, and especially in Classic County, the most unchurched county, it's hard to find the narrow path in Clatsop County, but so many of you here today have found it, and you're here today, and now it's weird that you're a Christian. Isn't it crazy to say that I live in the United States of America, and we're the weirdos now as Christian? I'm okay with that. Call me whatever you want. I'm not going to back down from being Christian. Normal isn't working anymore. So what exactly is normal? Normal is what we fall into way too much. Normal leads us to becoming overwhelmed. How many of us work so much and we become overwhelmed just so we can buy something that is of this world? It's overwhelming and it puts pressure on us. How many of you feel rushed because you're running a little bit late to work, but you know if you clock in late, you're going to get reamed by your boss And here you're stuck in traffic, you're trying to get through Seaside, there's nothing but potholes, so rushing there, and now you're overwhelmed, the potholes are stressing you out, and then someone in a Jeep cuts you off because he's in a hurry to get over to the church because he's supposed to be here at 9 o'clock as well. I'm telling you, it happens. That's normal. Normal is becoming broke. Because we keep spending all of our money and then we run out of money, but yet we still want things, so we go get those things that are about that big and plastic. And now you don't even have to swipe them anymore. You just enter them right into the computer. And then it's like, do you want us to save your information? (laughs) Yep. So that way, when you see something that just pops up on Amazon, you don't even have to think about it. You just hit, buy it now. It's already got all your information in it. It'll be here tomorrow. Right? But now you're broke. That's normal. That's what normal looks like. That is not the narrow path. Maybe you have relational tension because you don't care about each other. You're no longer loyal. You don't even know what loyalty really looks like. Faithfulness in our culture is just about sex when really faithfulness is a lot of things. Being faithful, working in that agape love, lifting up your spouse for their life to be better and to follow Christ. That's not normal in our society, so we have these relational problems. How are you honoring your spouse? Honor? It just says I have to love her in Scripture and then she's got to respect me. She should submit. Uh, Good luck with that. Good luck. Divorce is becoming more and more relational, or excuse me, more and more normal than staying married. Not getting married at all is becoming more and more normal than getting married. It is insane what people are doing now and calling it, oh, that's just normal. That's who we are. It's our culture. It's fine. Jesus loves us still, right? But it's not. Good. Normal. Just because it's normal doesn't mean it's good. 
The narrow path is hard. And we need to make marriage matter. The problem in our society is the breakup of the family. It's just bottom line. That's what it is. Marriage needs to matter again. Our children need to matter more than us. And discipline needs to matter really bad. It's okay to tell your children, uh, no, you're not doing that. That's not normal anymore. So be weird and tell your kid no. And ground them. It's okay to do that. We're just not allowed to beat them when we want to. So be careful. I was just talking to Jackie in the back of the room about some ideas that I have, and one of the, my, my favorite things that was ever told to me is many times we start looking for the grass that is greener on the other side of the fence. And then so what happens is people get divorced. They split up their relationships because they're looking for greener grass. Well, that's normal. So today I want you to be weird and actually tend to your lawn and water it. Make your own grass green. Let's not get normal and become weird. Because what normal does, it sends us back and forth every single day just working for a paycheck, trying to live in society, keeping up with the Joneses, doing a job you may not like, having multiple partners because that's normal. It's not good. What it ends up doing is it allows us to pack on guilt, shame, regret, leads to depression, anxiety, hating this world, hating who we are, realizing I don't really have a purpose. When in reality, you do have a purpose. But you can't see it as you're sifting through the world. So on your notes, if you want to write this down, I put all too often we want normal because we want what normal people have. Then we end up doing what normal people do. We start looking like the world as Christians. How many of you ever watched the news? How many of you have stopped watching the news? I did because I wanted to not be normal. And I don't want to be stressed out and throw things. My TV was expensive. And if I throw the remote, it breaks. And then I can't watch football. Or it's not good. If you notice on the media, you have a bunch of people out there doing all of the same things. You got protests over here, you got shootings over here, you got all these people over here saying, well, this needs to be this way, and they're trying to be different, but yet they all look the same. And then there's us, the Christians, where we're standing back because we don't want to be Peter drawing out our sword and cutting someone's ear off. Instead, we're trying to sit back pray and live right and look right for Christ, bringing people to Jesus one person at a time. We aren't called to protest. We're Christians. Protesting isn't what we need to do. Jesus already came and overcame the world, remember? He says, now go and make disciples. Go do that. You don't have to protest. We're living in exile, remember? Yeah, I'm an American. Jesus is an American. He owns the whole world. He created it. It's time for us to look like Christians before Americans. It's not easy to do. And I'm not trying to sound progressive or, any, or one side or the other. What I'm saying is, it's okay to love our country and what we've been given. But we still are not called to protest. We are called to disciple. So we need to get out there and share the Gospel. One person at a time. It's weird to do that. If you want to be different, 
and you want what few people have, then we must do what few people do. Raising our children within the home. Working a good job that honors God. Honoring Him while we do it. Are you living that way? Are you living a way at home that looks different than church? So you came into church and everything looks wonderful, but during the week you are a completely different person. It's okay to admit that you are. I am not always the same person. I'm still a human being. And I am still working on my walk with Christ every single day day. The Bible teaches us really weird things. If you've ever read them, it says don't commit adultery. And then it says don't even lust or you've sinned. Wow, that's like goes against everything the world's telling us today. Everything. The first person will be last in the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. But yet, if you are last and you're giving up of yourselves all the time, then you will be first. How does that work? That is so weird than what our world is telling us to do. If you find your life, you must lose it. To find it, you must lose it. How does that even work? So God wants me to go up and say, you know what, Jesus, I want to follow you. I'm going to give everything I have over to you. And leave everything else behind. Yep, pretty much. That's what he's saying. That goes against everything our society is doing. Remember, it's all about your truth. Don't forget about your truth. Well, I'm here today to tell you to let it go. It's his truth that we need to know. It's his truth that matters, not mine. If someone does something wrong to you, I hate this one. Because when someone cuts me off, I want to do that back. But Jesus said, if someone wrongs you, forgive them 70 times 77. 70 times 7. I don't like that. But he says to do it. And it's weird. And we must do it. It's not time for us to get even. If you said, yes, you'll follow Jesus, then we have committed ourselves to Jesus. If you said you follow Jesus, you said you believe in Him, you've confessed His name, and you, uh, you repented your life of who you used to be, you were baptized in the Christian waters of baptism, and now you're saying, I'm following you and remaining faithful, you have said, I am committing myself to you, Jesus, and I am a slave to you, the way Paul says in his letters. We become a slave to Christ instead of a slave to sin. That's a great way to move on but if you have committed yourself, then you've committed yourself to a life of living weird. That's not normal. I just want everybody to know how blessed we are to have Jonah with us today. So, I'll talk loud. So, I'm normal. My old life is definitely normal. I've been married three times. The last time. Three. This one. My wife. She's perfect. We'll make it to the end. I know it. Because I'm going to live for Jesus through this marriage, unlike I did before. It's different when you have a weird foundation instead of a worldly foundation. I love my wife. You know, it might sound weird because I'm a pastor. We may fight. I know it's weird. We may argue. I know none of you couples in here ever argue about anything. Ever. Right? You guys are perfect. 
You know what's crazy though is after eight years we still do have romance, even after an argument. We still like to go do things. We still like to go spend time together every Friday and do something fun, going for a new journey. That's weird. Our culture says, well, after seven years, you guys should probably just get divorced. You shouldn't like each other by now. So all of you that have been married for like super long time, like nine years or more, (laughs) I've only been married eight, so I'm looking forward to nine. Congratulations. Keep fighting the good fight. Don't let the world split you apart. Battle through it. Love each other more than yourselves, and you'll make it to the end. But because it's crazy is my wife and I are almost completely debt-free, except for we own this house. Well, we don't. The bank owns this house thing we live in. Uh, We're trying to pay that off. But we have seven children, and we have 4.5 grandchildren. So we say five. And it's awesome. And I want more grandchildren, not children. (laughs) I don't... You guys, normal is boring. It's time for us to be weird people. It's time for us to stop thinking like the wide path, which is the world. Jump on that narrow path, as Scripture tells us, which is stop thinking the way normal people think and stop, start thinking the way Jesus thinks. Stop copying what they do. You don't need to do what they do. You don't need to look like them. You, don't, you should not look like them. If you want to learn how other people of the world think, keep watching television. It helps. What's even better is to turn that off. Social media, I'm trying to only use social media for a few things now. In contact with my family, the church, and Beaver football. That's about it. We have to, and I have a few Jeep links on there just in case. But I got rid of all the news. I don't want to hear about anything negative. I don't care what's going on in politics. I care whether or not people know Jesus. That's all I care about. And I care about seeing my kids and my family. And we have got to learn to put this stuff down and turn those screens off. And one of my favorite, this is why we're going to start in Romans, but one of my favorite books in all of Scripture is Romans. Because it's to the Gentiles. It's us. We're basically the Romans, right? We're the Gentiles. But one of my favorite Scriptures, other than chapter 1, 2, 7, 8, okay, is chapter 12. In the very beginning of chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You guys, that goes against everything that the world is telling us. To give up my body to be a living sacrifice for Christ instead of just going out and doing me. Going out and getting into debt buying new stuff, making things cooler and better, and thinking that it's just going to be perfect for me. Change the way that we think, which leads us into verse 2 in Romans. Do not be conformed to this world. I cannot say that enough. It is time for us as Christians to look so far different that when someone sees them, they're going, those people are weird. But they're not bad, they're just weird. Because we love Jesus, and we should look like someone that lives in exile. We don't need to blend in with the world so we don't get persecuted. Remember, welcome the persecution when it comes to Jesus Christ. If you're having a bad day at work, that's not getting persecuted for Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, that's not how it works. 
Now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and everybody is persecuting you at work because of your faith, that is a form of persecution. But thankfully, we still live in the greatest land of all and have the best freedoms of all, and that is we live in a free country with the freedom of religion. And I want everyone in this room to make sure you always battle for the freedom of religion, not the freedom of Christianity. Hear me out. If you are an advocate for the freedom of religion, of all religions, then they can't take ours. You have to advocate. They still have that right. Even if we disagree with their religion, they have as much right to worship as they please as we do. The moment we fight for us to be the only ones, we're going to lose it. So we need to advocate for the freedom of religion in this country. But we need to do it looking different. Vote. Don't protest. It's not about protesting. Protesting just causes more division. It really does. But if you can love people one-on-one, you get to disciple them a whole new way. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be normal. The rest of the Scripture says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Okay? We need to have a transforming of our brain. Because oftentimes what we do is we see these big old shiny things like new cars, new houses, new clothes, new shoes, whatever it might be, we're starting to process, I want that. I need that. i got to look like everybody else. That is not allowing ourselves to have a renewing of our mind to find out what is of good and acceptable, as the rest of the Scripture says, and perfect. Jesus wants us to look like Him. He wasn't walking around 2,000 years ago looking for a new tent. He just needed a place to lay his head as he was sharing the gospel. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice car. I'm not saying it's wrong to have a nice house. That's not what I'm doing. I'm saying if you think you need seven houses, 16 cars, you know, maybe you should rethink what you're finding of most important. Now, if they're all classic cars... or Jeeps, we might have some leeway. And in all honesty, the reason I said classic cars is if you are saving those for a retirement fund and you're going to cash them out someday, then hey, maybe that might work. But other than that, you should just give them to me. Okay. Renewing of your mind. How are you doing? What are you doing to not be conformed? I wanted to read uh, Romans 12:2 with the New Living Translation as well. I read it out of the ESV, but I also want to read it out of the Message. And the reason that I want to do this is it gives a really clear picture of what is being said in Scripture. Romans 12:2 in the NLT. They didn't. They. I didn't tell them to put it up there. Don't live any longer the way this world lives. That's pretty simple, right? It's saying just how it needs to be said. Let your way of thinking be completely changed. Then you will be able to test what God wants from you and for you. And you will agree that what He wants is right. That is what having a renewing of your mind looks like. Now in the message it says this, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Man, that is our church, not just Lighthouse, the church. In the United States, we are becoming more and more looking like the world. Now, I'm not saying we need to have 
be legalist and get rid of all the instruments and all that stuff. Not saying that. But what I am saying is, when I, I could go back even a hundred years, here was the church when it came to morals. Okay? Here was the world. The world kept going down, but now the church is following it. They're keeping a gap, but they're still following it, and the morals are being thrown out the window with a lot of churches today. And it's really heartbreaking that they would revise the Bible to make sense to the culture. Now, translations is for the culture to read and understand it, but that doesn't mean that you need to change words in there so it fits your narrative. Huge difference. Changing the words to fit a narrative that looks like the world is unacceptable. Changing the words in a translation so that you understand what that means is great. How many of you guys know what the word lit means? I'm just saying because it has a hundred different meanings now. It's weird. So lit, like, oh look, I lit up the lamp. Right? And then when I was a kid, you got lit. Like, you probably just smoked some, a doobie or something, right? You're lit. Well, not too long ago, the word came out, that's lit. Like, that's awesome, that's cool. Do you see? That's why we have translations of the Bible. I, I, luckily, they haven't changed. And Jesus said, dude, bro, that was lit. <laughs> but it may not be too far off, right? That'd be weird, but it's not necessarily wrong because it still has to get the true gospel out. But if you change it to go, and Jesus didn't understand his gender, so we are going to call him person instead of he. I know I just opened up a can, but I'm right. And there are people doing that today. So be careful which Bible you, you buy and use. So we need to fix our attention to God so that we're changed from the inside out. From the inside out, not the outside in. Why? Because Jesus is who He says He is. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God. He was there in the beginning. He's going to be there in the end. And it is only through His blood that any of us can be in here and say, you know what? I'm going to be Jesus weird. It's time to get Jesus weird and not look like the world because it's really tough to make a disciple for Jesus if you look like the world. You're not changing anybody's hearts. They're not having a renewing of their mind. They are not living the way they should be living. So I wanted to give you a few things of what weird teaches us to think and how to think different. And I want to start with our time. It's no longer your time, and it's not my time, it's His time that He's allowed us to have on this earth, and what are you doing with it? Are you spending it all for yourself, selfishly, or are you looking like half the moms in here that have given up their life for their children? What are you doing with the time that God has given you? Do you tithe your time? You know, we tithe our money 10%, we give it to God. I'm awesome. It's awesome. But we have 24 hours in the day. What if you gave him 10% of that? Are you praying? Are you hitting your knees? Are you serving? What are you doing with the time that he has given us? When we realize it is his time and he can take us home at any moment, 
Many of us in this room have lived long enough to understand that at any moment we could be called home. I could get in my Jeep, go out there and get hit by that big bus that takes people to Portland every, every day. I mean, it's a pretty strong Jeep, so I might not die, but there's a chance. Just like that. Are you ready? Do you understand how important time is? How many of you at the age that you are today thought it would come this fast? Exactly. Man, does it fly. I got five grandkids. I still feel like I could keep up with my boys. I can't. But I feel like I can. It just it goes so fast. The second thing is money. We're a church that talks about money here. Why? Because we give it a lot. And I love it. It isn't our money. It's His. And it's given to us as a tool. I think America is the greatest nation of all and the richest nation. And God intended that in the beginning for one reason. And it was to help everyone. To help people who are less fortunate. Scripture says that. Give to those that are the least of these. Because how do you know it isn't Him that we're giving to? We should be giving. And when we realize that it is nothing more than a tool, it makes it a lot easier to give. And then he, what's crazy is how he blesses us afterwards. My wife and I have never done without. The day we started tithing faithfully off our gross income, and now we're giving even above that, it's incredible what God has done and blessed us with. It just keeps, we never run out. We never run out. Well, she keeps the money with her, so we never run out. Some days I have to drive with my gas light on in my Jeep for like three days, and I finally go, hey, honey, I need some gas money. It's just when we catch up, I'll just forget. But she holds on to it. She helps. <laughs> it's his money. It's used for a tool. And that's what we use it here at Lighthouse. We use it for a tool. Relationships. We need to start thinking about relationships much different. Living for others and not ourselves. It should start with your spouses and your children. Are you honoring them? Are you living faithful for them? Are you loyal to your family? Or are you loyal to yourself? Your own desires of the flesh. When you realize that it was a blessing from God that your spouse was given to you by God and He's created this special union and bond between each of you to become one. That goes against everything our world teaches us today. You go do you. Just because you're married, you're still an active young woman. You need to get out there and have a good time. Men, you know what? Don't worry about your wife. Just get out there and just go do you. Have a good time. Man, that goes against Scripture. You guys are one. Maybe you guys should go do you together because there's only one of you because you are one. Be best friends. Guys, you want to go fishing and hunting and doing those cool things? Great. Take your wife. Now, if she really doesn't want to go, that's okay. But, guys, when she wants to go shopping, go. Go. I'll tell you what, my wife and I, we go thrift store shopping, we go to Costco together, we go grocery shopping together. I can't get me things if I don't go with her. Spend time together. My wife and I, we both work a lot of hours. 
And the one thing, the most important thing that she makes me follow through with is Friday is for her, period. Friday is for her, period. But it allows us to build on our relationship and be one and be best friends. She went, she went in my Jeep the other day. We went up this dirt road on this narrow path. It was bumpy and muddy and awesome and mud's flying all over the place and she's laughing and we're having a good time. She was having a really good time then she got out because we wanted to go look at the little creek and she got a little mud on her pants. She didn't like that part, but the rest of it, she loved it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Let our relationships value and look like Jesus in a biblical manner such as we are one and not what the world tells you it should look like. Spend more time together. It's worth it. You'll grow together, not apart. It's really great. And I'm going to throw this one out there. Most churches don't talk about this. Sex. Sorry, you young people that get to hear this, but you know what? It's important to hear that it needs to be done and enjoyed in the confines of marriage. It saves your heart. This is not about Jesus just throwing out a bunch of rules. Okay? And if you have done that before marriage, I'm not sitting here casting stones at you and saying, you're going to hell. Well, yeah, if you get your life right to Jesus, no, you're not. That's fine. We're all forgiven. His grace abounds. But here's the deal. God wants to save you from heartache. If you keep sleeping with other people and going into relationships, and that's like one of the first things you give up, you're only breaking your own heart the day you split. It's not easy. It is better for you to wait and be weird according to the culture, get married. Wait. So your hearts are not living in turmoil. Did you know if you wait until marriage, you're telling men, you're telling your wives that they can trust you? Here's one of my favorite things that was ever said to me, and I'm going to repeat it. Guys, when your wives, I know they're all smoking hot to you, that's great, my wife is smoking hot to me. But what would it tell my wife before we were married if I go, man, you're smoking hot, I can't keep my hands off you? Because she's smoking hot. It's crazy, right? So what does that tell her if we go ahead and do that pre-marriage when we are married? Uh-oh, what if she thinks, I think that person over there is smoking hot, am I going to be able to keep my hands off her? It's called building trust in the relationship by saying, you know what, you are smoking hot. 100%. But I'm going to keep my hands to myself because I love Jesus and I love you and I want you to be able to trust me the day that we get married. And we're honoring something sacred together. It needs to be talked more and more and more about in our communities and in our churches and in our schools that it is better to wait because one, there's too many kids nowadays depressed, anxiety, killing themselves over someone that they gave themselves over to in high school and junior high. It saves you from STDs. It saves you from having babies too soon. I know this is crazy weird talk that I'm talking about, but we need to be talking about it. And it's time for us to get weird. You guys, our values should be weird according to the world. Our values must match the truth of God. It must match all of Scripture. That's how we should be living. Don't worry, you're going to fail. That's what Jesus is for. His grace abounds and it's wonderful, but He's still saying repent from it. If you're convicted and you know you're doing wrong, move from it. I'm not saying keep on sinning. 
Period. I'm not saying that. You must repent and change your ways. What we think we say or what we think we shouldn't say, I want you to know if you think it's right or you don't think it's right or you can't do it, you're right. Are you tracking with me? Let me say that again in a shorter sentence. Sorry. How about if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So if you think you can just blend in with the world, you're right. If you think you can blend in with Jesus, you're right. Get off the fence. You can't do both. Jesus said there's no gray area. You either follow me or you don't. And it's time to follow him, as we said we would. It's time for us to get weird. Stop saying you don't have time to serve. You don't have time to help. You're too busy being busy being busy doing nothing. Because oftentimes, that's me, and I know how that goes. Make a schedule. Tell people, no, I can't. Quit saying yes to everything. Sometimes less is more. Schedule your time with your family. Make sure you put in your time at work, but make sure you put in time for your church. Serve your church. Serve your community. Do something in the name of Jesus. Go be weird and stop living just you being you. It's not about your truth anymore. You said you were a follower of Jesus and it's about His truth. Let's get weird in relationships as I just said. Let's get weird uh, when we talk about sex and stop practicing divorce. Let's not practice divorce anymore. Let's practice staying married. How about that? That's what we need to do. We wonder why our world is so messed up. I want to live weird and stop living like a normal person. The more I pursue Christ, the weirder I become. And not in a bad way, in a good way. I love Peter. He's one of my favorite in Scripture. But 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 says this, Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, which means aliens and strangers, to abstain from the possessions of the flesh One partner at marriage. You don't need a bunch of things to make you happy. That's Jesus. He's there for us. It'll end up waging war against your soul, as Scripture says. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you, you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. You guys, it's weird that we're here today. It's weird that we call ourselves Christians. And I want you to keep being weird. Look different than the world. It is so weird that during COVID, our church grew. That's pretty great. We had four baptisms last Sunday. Seven so far this year. We had 13 closed last year. We still had 13 people baptized when we were closed. Because we were weird and stayed faithful in the mission. We keep doing the mission of Christ. All of us, we need to do this. Don't copy anybody else. Be you and who God created you to be for His glory. There's no such thing as cookie-cutter weird. That's what Portland looks like, cookie-cutter weird. Again, I'm not calling out anybody over there because there's like 19 different groups that protest every day. So to me, that's all weird. God has a custom weird just for you. Just for you and your soul. He he gave you attributes that look like Him that only you have. My wife and I have talked about this before. She's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. 
Okay, That's total different attributes, but both are from God. And both work for His glory. It's time for us to live less, give more, save more, live debt-free, free up our time, give to family, our children, our churches, give our time to our families, our churches, our communities. It's time for us to do what God says and live a godly life so that everyone notices that godly life. Maybe don't kiss until marriage. Go really weird. How hard would that be? Try it. It might work out for you if you're not married yet. (laughs) Hey, you're the one that said, hey, we're going to get married like next year. That's tough, man. Woo! You got a battle, but we'll be praying for you. Maybe do something crazy as a mom or a dad. I don't care which one of you work. Maybe one of you should quit the job and stay home and raise your kids to learn respect, honor, discipline. Let's live different. Why not? I know it's hard to live in a society where only one works, but you don't need to have a million-dollar house. Maybe in Seaside, but still. I'm sick of normal. I'm sick of normal because I'm sick of overwhelmed people living overwhelmed when what it is is they need to let go of the world because that's what's actually overwhelming them. I'm sick of all of us being broke and saying, I can't give, I can't help, I can't do this because we're broke. I'm so sorry that you're broke, but how can we help you live a different way where you're not broke? Because when we do live broke, we live stressed out. How many of you have ever been stressed out? I don't know about you, but I want to live weird. I don't want to be that way anymore. I don't want to be stressed out anymore or depressed or miserable. And the best way to get rid of that is to be weird like God and let it go. It's okay. It's not weird anymore that people's cell phones go off in church. It's kind of normal now because everybody's got one. I'm sick of normal Christianity Safe Christianity where we just go to church on Sunday and it doesn't cost us anything because we really don't sacrifice ourselves to anything other than just showing up on Sunday morning or watching online. That's safe church. Buying out our time as we live on this earth so we can go to heaven and not discipling anybody else. Not helping anyone, not doing anything, not doing anything for the kingdom except for making it about us when He died on the cross. And we're like, yes, thank you Jesus for my salvation. I'm going to heaven. And that's it. And John, or excuse me, James chapter 2, verse 26, says you're not saved by faith alone, but also your works. It is our faith that saves us through grace, yes, but now what are you going to do? He says, follow me. It's an action word. Through faith. Get out there. Do something for the kingdom of God and stop living the safe life and look weird and do something for the kingdom. Make disciples. I have said this since I got here. One person a year, this church doubles in size. If each of us discipled just one person a year, doubles in size. Could you imagine? I think right now we're sitting at about 150 people here today. And I think we're usually running about 80 people online right now. So 150 times plus 80, 230 people. I did math. But anyway, 230 people. Could you imagine if 230 people brought Jesus or people to Jesus? We had 230 baptisms next year. Holy smokes, that would be cool. 
But we have got to start living a sacrificial life. And not ones just for ourselves. It is time for us to get weird doing what God actually commanded us to do, and that is to go unto all the world, which means just go to your neighbor, go across the street, talk to people at church, talk to people in the grocery store. If you go buy yourself a really cool new Jeep Rubicon with a truck bed on it and everything, maybe you can talk to the salesman, tell them about Jesus. It's okay. Yeah, I was calling Alan out, sorry. When are we going to live that sacrificial life that looks like the men and women in the book of Acts? Who are you sharing Jesus with? We should look like the church from the book of Acts. They were willing to go out and tell people about Jesus knowing they were going to be stoned. Not Oregon stoned, like the rock. Knowing that at any time they would get put on a stake and burned to death. Nailed to a cross. Beaten. You guys, we don't have that kind of persecution here. We still have freedom of religion. Let's take advantage of it. I'm not saying go out and tell everybody they're going to hell because that's not what Christians do. And if that is you, please don't come here. I don't want our church to be associated with people that think they're better than others. Jesus died on the cross while we were still sinning. So when you go share the gospel with someone, they're probably going to be in the middle of sinning. And that's okay. But they can change. They can change just like we did. I'm a whole new man, thank God. So today, I want you to honor your mothers for living that selfish life and the moms that look like Jesus. Sacrificial lives, giving up everything for the betterment of their children. Thank you for that, Mom. Thank you for being weird in a God way. If you haven't taken the next steps to get weird with Jesus, put it on your connection card. If you've never confessed Him as Lord, you've never said, you know what, I believe, but I don't know what to do now, write it down, tell me. You've never been baptized, write it down, tell me. Let's talk about it. We'll go into Scripture together. We'll talk about the whole thing. How much fun would that be? To continue to take those steps towards Jesus. Did you know it's okay to have fun being saved? It's not easy work. But it's still fun because it's worth it. There's no better gift than watching someone else give their life over to Christ. Knowing that we will get to spend eternity with them in heaven. So let's pray and enjoy our Mother's Day. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this group that got here today. That they came on this Mother's Day Lord, thank you for this message to even remind me that I need to get even more weird for you, Lord, and stop living for myself. Show my family what you really look like. Help me, Lord, to live that way. Lord, I pray for everyone in this room to live that way. But Lord God, we know that in order to get weird with you, we have to know that you did something on the cross for us. You shed your blood for our sins. You conquered death and resurrected, Lord. And as we sit here today, I want us to just draw nearer to You as we get ready to take communion together. As we remember what it is You did to save my wretched life. Lord God, I thank You for this opportunity to worship You in this way, to say thank You in this way. And I just lift up this congregation 
to you now as we worship, and I pray our time together this morning is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Our ushers are going to pass around uh, communion right now. Uh, Just hold on to those and we'll take it together. I'll make it short, I promise. I'm, I'm ready for lunch, have some Mother's Day lunch.